1116 SEN, The Four Diegos. G'day amigos and welcome to the Four Diegos here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this uh, lovely Wednesday night. Hey and thanks to Finey on another uh, fantastic show and he'll be back tomorrow night. And uh, Merry Christmas from us to Finey because uh, it's his, obviously his last show, well his uh, last Wednesday for, for the year. So uh, hey thanks to Finey and also thanks to the Wonder Years boys uh, Stephen Milne and Troy Zantuck. 1983 tonight uh, brought back some fond memories for the Diegos I can tell you. We hadn't started the show then but uh, it kind of feels like it. But uh, anyway... Um, Vinny Venezuela, you're here as well. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. And uh, Warren Diego, you, you, you look kind of happy. <laughs> no. No. All right, and Carlos, you're here as well. I'm happy. Yeah, no, you're always happy. I'm very happy. Well, you know, you've, you've always... You, when you've got a snap in your shorts, you are. <laughs> I was happy about the fact that for the first time this year, I was first to the production meeting. You were. You I were. Was very you were. early. Unfortunately, you were throwing yourself into stuff that's got nothing to do with the show, though. <laughs> that's okay. At least you were here Which before is, everyone. That's reasonably consistent yes. with what I, what I do. Yep. Hey, hey, we've got a big show tonight, uh, boys. We'll catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on. Hopefully, he's. Uh, no. Oh, geez. We're getting. This is breaking news yes. as we speak. Michael McGrath. <laughs> Remember last week he told us yeah. he was going uh, to New York, oh, New York that's right. with his dearly beloved. The yes. climate issues. Yeah, he's a little under the weather. Ah. Not um, hung over or anything yep. like that. He's got picked up a bit of a, a bug in uh, New York City. So uh, no Mike McGrath tonight. So Warren... So uh, did, he, did he make the sick call? <laughs> yeah, he, he called in sick. He put, on, he put on the, the sore throat. <laughs> the the yeah. raspy yeah. throat. Yeah. This, is, this should have been discussed in the production meeting, but based on the fact we didn't know... Mm-hmm. If I go outside the studio and answer your questions like I'm over the phone, <laughs> and I can be our man anywhere, and I can be our man yep. anywhere, well, you can make it up where I am. That's, no. a, that's and a, I can be opinionated, like yeah. Mike. Yeah. Uh, in fact, like, you can say that you're currently in the press in conference, the press conference. Yeah. with Louis Van Gaal, yep. and yeah, you can be saying that there's people at yeah. the back, you know, unconfirmed reports mm. that they're sacking him as we're speaking, <laughs> and, you, and you could go, Warren. Louis Van Gaal, uh, <laughs> we know you're at the press conference. What do you, what do you think is yes. going to happen? And I can give you my opinion. See, the problem we've got with you, though, Warren, is whenever we send you to any of those things, you <laughs> never turn never, on the tape recorder. I never press play. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's record. That's your problem. Oh. You've got to press record, yeah. not play. Yeah, that's it. And so I can be Mike, can I? Yeah, you, you can be Mike oh, tonight. Uh, it's, it's your UK scene, no, basically. Worries, excellent, excellent. In fact, we'll try and dig up the uh, Warren UK ghetto <laughs> gobsmack from, uh, from the, the archives. Ago, yep. Eddie, another, another task for Eddie. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't done the Diego's for a while, and yeah. he's, he's going grey as, yeah. as I speak. But anyway, uh, look, a big show tonight, 9429-1116. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, uh, there's this Sydney's been awash with meetings tonight, and, uh, yes. and there's this big meeting happening uh, tonight between the FFA and the Active uh, supporter groups or representatives of the active supporter groups and uh, we'll bring you up to date with the talks with the FFA and fans if we can get it on Twitter because that is the source. It is the source at the moment. <laughs> We've been trying to get someone. Apparently the meeting's not over yet. No. Uh, there's nothing being divulged. They must have so- signed some sort of confidentiality agreement. So we're going to bring you the most authentic information about this and we're going to go to Vinny Venezuela. Yep. He's trolling... Twitter. The Twitter at the moment. Trolling. He's going to troll Not it trolling. and give us the most accurate information about it. Can I just ask a question? You know, at this meeting, mm-hmm. 
other non-active supporter groups being represented, number one. <laughs> other, other father and daughter supporter groups, the family supporter yep. groups. Yep. Are, are all like family the, first. Yeah, are, they, are all the supporter groups being no. represented or is it just the ones that classify them? And Apparently I want to know tomorrow what, night. what do you have to do that takes you from being a non-active supporter yep. into an active supporter? Because I just thought, I had a thought that mm. everyone who goes to the game is a supporter. In some yep. description. You, you know the answer to that, Warren. This is the active support. <laughs> no, I don't. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Apparently if you'd like to tell Warren what an active Apparently the support. non-active supporters are so upset they're going to do a walkout this <laughs> yeah. week. Well, <laughs> the non-active supporters just don't do anything. Because <laughs> That's right. by implication, there were 9,500 9, non-active supporters at the Sydney FC game on yep. Friday night, Saturday yep. night, whichever. That is disturbing. I, um, I was... Um, Chanting at the Cameroon game, I think at the Olympics, it was Olympics. That yeah, makes you an active and I was chanting Cameroon will score soon. And I think I was the only person chanting for Cameroon. Yep. And I didn't realise until now I had hand in that country. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be going there. You're an active supporter. So, so just, just is that meeting still going? Apparently, well, we, we're not hearing anything. No. They're either in the pub. And they finished a long time ago, and no one's answering their phone. They've signed non-disclosure agreements. They're modelling. They're modelling this meeting <laughs> yeah. on the reporter um, lockdown just before the budget is released mm. every year, embargo. where they go into a room. It's embargoed, and they're not allowed to say anything until the announcement's made. Yep. As we speak, they're in the fifth hour. Oh gosh, fifth hour. I'm yes. still not sure where this will go. One way or another, says uh, William Caldwell on the Twitter sphere. <laughs> yeah, look. I hope they've got Tim Tams and not Marie Biscuits there because uh, that would be a big disappointment for if yep. it was going for five hours. But, uh, hey, uh, if you've got any thoughts on that, uh, 043 let us know your thoughts on that. We've got Warren's rant coming up a little bit later mm. on as well. The hot topic tonight, uh, who's taken ownership of that? It's Warren. Mm. You know how just before you pot somebody, you say he's a great friend of the show? <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Dave Davudovic is a great friend of the show, and he's a great writer. Her, her, yeah, Herald Sunrider. Herald Sunrider, yep. and um, he's done a great job. And he was on the run home this afternoon. I don't know where I was. I was in the car, clearly, listening. Mm. And um, he said, he, impl he implied that with everything that's happened since the Rebecca Wilson article, yep. that in time, we may well thank her for bringing all the the unresolved tension mm. that was in and around the active fan groups and the FFA and all this sort of stuff. We might thank her in a, in a three or four weeks when this is all resolved. And He's got to be kidding, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're thanking someone and her offsiders for calling people who go to the game terrorists. Yeah, we apparently yeah, are. We, yeah. And we're thanking... We're no, I love David Davidovic. Read his stuff all the I think time. But I think he's got a smirk on his face yeah, right now. If yeah. he's listening. No, no, no. Unless I don't read people that well, like that's clear. <laughs> but I was trying to read his voice. I didn't think there was a hint of sarcasm in there. But yep. I'm wondering the hot topic tonight for the general fan out there, active and non-active. Okay, will we be thanking Rebecca Wilson in four weeks' time for the revolution? <laughs> That she's been responsible for. I mean, yep. she will be up there with Gandhi, perhaps, <laughs> in terms of non-revolutionary outcomes, protests and that. Yep. I would have thought, though, Carlos, hmm. that you needed to have some love of the game yep. to be credited some with care. the revolution yep. that comes through your words. 
0433981116. That is the hot topic. Uh, we'll be one day thank Rebecca Wilson for the revelation. It's like we've given her the dirty laundry and she's, she's well, she <laughs> said, here's your dirty yeah. laundry. But that's akin to Craig Foster thanking Clive Palmer. For the disaster he was, uh, he created a few years back with Gold Coast United. But uh, yeah, we 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 think in strange ways sometimes. But uh, love David Davidovic, but on that one there, I don't quite understand what he's getting to. Perhaps he was very sarcastic. Carlos, is it akin to um, Ange Postecoglou thanking Craig Foster for, <laughs> for, for trying Destroying to destroy his career? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's Maybe. get into the Q and A, boys. It's uh, quarter past eleven. Yes, it's uh, time for the Q&A with uh, Rodrigo Rodriguez. <laughs> Third personing yes, again. Yes, and uh, Eddie is getting down in the uh, central control position. By the way, Ed was our, <laughs> our, our panel op uh, on Sat- when we were doing the Saturday Night Fever. That's right. When we first joined SEN <laughs> many years ago. He's Easy. getting down in the central... Yep. Commentary, commentary position. <laughs> no, central control. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, very good. All right, boys, we've talked about it a little bit. Um, the active supporters are in Sydney, of course, in talks with the FFA. What, this is a serious question. What are the fans looking to get out of this? And, and then, on the other hand, I'll ask again, what are the FFA looking to get out of this? Well, the cynic, and I'll say this cynically, the cynic is <laughs> they're looking for an unreserved apology. They're looking to be able to continue as with business as usual, without any vetting of any of their bone behaviour. No, they, that's, they not, are. that's not right. They are. They, they're, not, they're not looking for complete, unfettered vetting, uh, no vetting of their behaviour at all. They Self-regulation, just want, Carlos. No, well, no, that's, that's what I think the FFA should be asking of them. But certainly the fans group have made it very, very clear. They don't want to be treated any differently than, uh, than, than, uh, than, other than fairly. They, they want to be able to, if they're banned, to be going through a, right, a, a correct process, a, a just process. That's what officially they're looking for. Now, that's what the representatives of these fan groups are, are looking to get. And I think they will get that in some way. So to answer your question about the FFA, yep. what do they want out what, of it? What do they want out Well, of I went on a bit of a, a sort of a semi-rant today on uh, Daniel Harford's show. I think they should be demanding that these groups actually uh, through some sort of a, 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 some procedure or some sort of arrangement with their club, self-policing. They need to start making sure that their group, their active fan group, has a set of behaviour that they all follow uh, as far as what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And if they don't, if someone steps over the line, that that person, uh, you know, the fans, the, the active fan group plus the club do something about it. Yeah, look, and I think that they they want to make sure that they they are heard, that they are respected, that their rights are also respected. And I think in all of these things, these are reasonable requests. And I have to say that uh, the the walkouts, the, the the first round of walkouts, were very successful because really it got them to the table that they wanted to speak at, and that's where they are tonight. Now, the second round of walkouts probably is could be read as flexing a little bit more muscle and just making uh, everyone really aware of how important they are to the game. And I don't know that that was ever in, in doubt by, by the people who go to games. They didn't know, for me, they didn't need to go again. No, I didn't think well, Especially once David, David Gallup says, we're going to meet with them and we're going to walk, talk through this. We made mistakes. I didn't understand the second lot of uh, mm. walkouts. I'm sure that there was some reason for it, but I haven't read anyone who's given me a justifiable reason why they should have gone again on the weekends. 
I'm looking forward to hearing what the uh, the atmosphere was like in these meetings when obviously people come out of it because uh, yeah, it could be very interesting. You know, I mean, surely they're not looking for somebody's head in all of this. You know. Well, I mean, Michael Lynch wrote an article. Was it today? In the last couple of days, he wrote an article suggesting, of course, that they want to make sure that there's a proper appeals process, which is fine. Everyone agrees with that. Even the FFA agrees with that. But he suggested that there might be. Uh, they might be calls for the sacking of David Gallup and Damien DeBowen from the fans. Mm. And until that happens, they're not going to come back to the game. Well, listen, if that's what they're, if that's what they're calling for, don't come back to the game. <laughs> it's not their job to be demanding uh, the, the sacking of, of uh, the CEO and, and the head of the A-League. That's up to the FFA through their normal employment, hiring and firing processes to be, uh, to be doing that. I mean, I mean, what do you think, Warren? I don't think there's any there's any reason why uh, there's any there's no reason why we, we, the, the game should be listing the fans calling for the sacking of anyone. No, when I mean, both groups need to take mutual responsibility for the game. Mm. They're both mutually responsible mm. for each other's behaviour. So get on with it. Boys. Looking forward to seeing Girls. the <laughs> looking forward to seeing what comes out of that meeting. And there's also another meeting today, guys, uh, between the owners of the A-League teams and Football Federation Australia. Mm. Um, again, you know, I mean, this this would have been, a, you know, the boys in nice yeah. suits and, uh, you know. <laughs> nice and, uh, suits. Yeah, well, definitely Great nice suits. expensive suits. Uh, what, what do both parties want out of this? What, what, was, what was the upshot of this meeting? Well, I would have thought that the owners are looking for the FFA to be able to tell them what the model's going to be to get through this issue because, let's face it, during the season – the people that pay most for the fans staying away are actually the clubs themselves. I mean, in terms of revenue and in terms of everything. So I reckon they would have wanted the roadmap to how the FFA is going to get out of this issue. I think the whole thing around the game with regards to television, you know, television rights and, and where the deal's going, where the, the game's going financially is really, really important. I but they want independence, though. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they were talking about the A-League breaking away from the FFA and running as an independent group so that they can, you know, have greater opportunities for revenue and for it to be shared but, more effectively but and stuff. it's interesting how people are now calling for the breakaway of the A-League from the FFA but there's plenty, and they're citing the J League and the MLS. But there were plenty of problems uh, when those competitions broke away from their national uh, associations, and it, it was not smooth sailing for a long time. And you've got to remember when they break away, and the owners have more say, or they've got a commission that looks at the owners' interests or the club's interests. Suddenly, they're not worried about the fans so much. They're not worried about community or schools or grassroots. And they leave that to the federations and the state federations. And that's not a bad model either. But without the branding of your Melbourne victories in school programs and community programs and in women's programs and all that, I'm telling you, the federations struggle to run those programs. So there's got to be some sort of model where, yes, you leave the grassroots to the federations, but there's got to be some sort of buy-in from the uh, A-League clubs in their state and territory. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm. Now, do you think um, Stephen Lowy and Frank Lowy will be at the dinner table tonight? And you know, Stephen saying to Frank, "Dad, you really, what have you done? You, you're throwing me under Frank, the Frank these days at four o'clock, four thirty, is in his slippers, <laughs> That's right. in his favourite chair, having the afternoon snooze. That's what he's doing. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, you know what? Uh, before we go to the break, it's time for Warren's rant. <laughs>
Am I right to go? Yeah, go. Oh, go. I'm going. This is Warren's <laughs> rant. I was waiting for Kung Fu Rodrigo, Fire. Rodrigo, yeah. there's a general principle that I think everyone should have and be given in life, and that is the benefit of the doubt. The unfortunate thing in the game of football right now is linesmen. They're not... I don't care what they are called. Third officials, fourth officials, whatever. They're linesmen. The premise of the game is built around the attacking team getting the benefit of the doubt, and it doesn't happen enough. Now, as a general principle, I'd get rid of offside. But if you're going (laughs) to have it, if you're going to have offside, can the premise of the game, bearing in mind we watch games for goals, that is when there is a line ball decision too close to call, don't call it. It's play on. Now, this is personal. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it personal, Warren? It's personal because at 4.30 yep. in the morning, yep. before your last week of work, before <laughs> you go on holidays, yep. and you're just looking. And you're sucking on your uh, can oh, of Coke. And you're looking for your team <laughs> playing yep. badly yep. to get away from the hole that is Newcastle with a point. Yep. And it is dri- ripped, ripped. <laughs> Away from you yeah. through a poor refereeing decision when benefit of the doubt was all we needed. So for every wannabe linesman out there, when it's close, it's play on. This is the Four Diego's. I can't see how one kebab can make the difference between beating one or three men or running from box to box or scoring a goal. Bloody hell, in Scotland I had haggis and we won the double. This has been a profound Paul Gascoigne moment by the Four Diego's. Thanks for, thanks for joining us here on a Wednesday night uh, here on the Four Diego's. Uh, it's nice to have your company. Uh, um, Vinny Venezuela, you're on Twitter. At Four Diego's is the Twitter handle. And uh, make sure you, you speak to us. Get, get online. Yeah, well, and, what's and the latest, Vinny? Well, uh, in terms of uh, some of the stuff, Randy, I think in terms of our hot topic, he, he sort of... Which was the Beck Wilson? Yeah. Will, we, will we thank her one day? Will we thank her one day? Randy uh, at DJ Hater said uh, 198 people, some innocent, some underage, some incorrectly identified, had their livelihoods risked. She should never be thanked. Mm, I agree. There you go. Hey, Warren, you're getting uh, some feeling your pain on the uh, SMS with regards to your rant about the yep. offside rule. Yeah, I feel yeah. your pain, Warren. That's Peter in Cheltenham. Dirty Geordies. That's a bit harsh, Peter in Cheltenham. <laughs> Offside is the most ridiculous rule in any sport on the planet. That's why I oh. won't go to the soccer. I'm a victory member, but just watch it on TV. It does my head in. That's Aaron in Werribee. So yeah, I've had go. this. Uh, Aaron, I feel your pain. Uh, yeah, I've had really, the argument. Really, what are you doing Lost. on this show? What are you doing on this football show? What are, you've been on this show for 23 years. Yes, correct. And you're calling for the offside rule I've been consistent. to be abolished? I've been consistent with the call. That's why no one's ever taken you seriously at all, really. Okay. It is part of the part and parcel of the game. You know, there's fifty percent of kids in Australia between the ages of six and thirteen who are playing the game. Numbers are skyrocketing. Mm. No one's caring about yeah. the fact that there's offside and rule. Or, or an, a well weighted pass yeah. which just wouldn't wouldn't. <laughs> That's right. No, but I tell you what, world. I've been to the un- I've I'm actively I'm an active fan of the Point Cook under eleven girls <laughs> and there is no offside and the girl that just can't be bothered tracking back, <laughs> she, goes, she goes from villain to hero, hero in a very so short period just of time. you're providing a generation of lazy girls. No, but why do they not play it at under-11s then? I, I don't, I, maybe they can't get linesmen. I don't know. 
My summer summer sevens team, we had no offside rule, but we still played like there was one, <laughs> despite my instructions. <laughs> hey, Dean and Crew Point, happy Christmas and New Year to you. Uh, you're talking about how about Arsenal coming out here? I wish it was Barcelona. I want to see Messi, Neymar, and Suarez. Mm, just right, on, yeah. just uh, continuing with the Q and A. One of them, one of the questions was going to be Arsenal. So I might, I might just ask yeah. you guys right now. Um, they, they're coming, or they're going to Sydney. Uh, they announced it uh, yesterday. Warren. Next year, isn't it? No, 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 no. No, they're coming next year. No, no. the year after. Two thousand and seventeen. Gee, that's an early announcement. <laughs> the, the question I ask <laughs> is, is why. <laughs> Are we announcing this right now? Can someone please explain why it had to be announced now? When the I had to look three or four times. I checked about three different sources. They're coming in August 2017, and they're announcing it now. Carlos, yeah. there are many Gunners players who'd like to know <laughs> Way the their travel plans, yeah. and they want to come to Australia. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a way of just keeping them yeah. at the club. Yeah, mm. it's government uh, one-upsmanship, uh, I reckon. It'll be forgotten. 24-hour news cycle. Have you ever yeah. thought about that? They'll yeah. be forgotten tomorrow. There you go. But Arsenal are coming, and that's that's pretty exciting. So uh, Sydney uh, got another another big game. Apparently, uh, Gallup is out of the meeting, preparing to speak. Where, where's that right. come from, uh, Vinny? That's come from Mark Silver on the Twitter. Okay, there you I go. I think he's reliable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, hey, hey, boys, just just uh, before we go to um, our call, I just want to talk about. Uh, look, it hasn't been a great couple of weeks for the game. Right, mm. um, and it hasn't. I mean, on the weekend we saw Melbourne Victory go to Auckland yeah. to play Wellington. Right? That <laughs> yeah. kind of makes you sense. sure that there were two teams. The ref did his hamstring. Yeah, he was, Warren, I'm going to ask not you. Happy either. When is a clash strip not a clash strip? Was that just outrageous? Well, I think if there's a if there was a dictionary definition for when is a clash strip not a clash strip, there'd be a picture of that game. Yep. Now. The ridiculous nature of this is the referee, to his infinite wisdom, he went into the into the bowels of that. Well, I'm not sure whether it was grass on the field or just coloured dirt, but that's another issue. But he went into the bowels of the stadium and looked at the two tops and said to the Melbourne Victory players, I think it's probably a little bit close, and said, can you wear your traditional blue strip? Yep. And the FFA said no. That's now, right. it seriously, I'm not... This happens a lot in the AFL code where I don't understand how they actually see it as a clash and they make teams change. But fair dinkum, they looked like there were 22 players from the one team wandering around on that side. It, yeah. was, ridic- it was just bizarre. Well, my Nona's only got uh, black and white TV, so <laughs> I, I had to leave the room. I didn't yeah. know who, who yeah. scored at any particular time. But it was I'd very like frustrating. To know, I'd like to know, and I'd Finnegan, I'm going to... Uh, my, life's heads work, roll, my, my life's work I never call for sackings But my life's work Is to find out Who made that decision At the FFA <laughs> Because That is incompetent That is as incompetent yeah. As you can get I reckon you can get Someone off the streets Never played sport before <laughs> And they would make A better decision About they, the, You know Whether they They have another Strip that Completely I mean really They could have grabbed anything Bibs Wear <laughs> bibs If you don't have Another set of strips Look Victory have I'm told different sponsors for different strips as yeah. well, and I believe that that might have been an issue. But if Victory are saying we're happy to wear the yeah. blue the blue strip, then you know surely the FFA should have just said yes, go for it. Mm. And as much as the field was not up to the standard, I will say I don't know whether I feel for Wellington, but in some ways I do. They're asked to grow the game. 
they take the game to another venue. They get their largest crowd of the season. In which brackets, is, it's grow the gra- game and the grass. And the grass. Yeah, yeah the but grass. that. But you've got to get the whole package right, hasn't haven't you? I mean, the groundskeeper at that ground in Auckland, if they possibly could have just prepared yeah. a little bit in advance, because there are great stadiums in Auckland where the Warriors play, where the Auckland Blues play, and I'm not sure they could fill those stadiums or they could even get them. But there would have been fields in Auckland with grass on it. And considering Wellington haven't lost a game when they've taken it to other parts of New Zealand and they always get good crowds... One of the models that they could use to actually grow their game is to take it to other parts of New Zealand. They've just got to get the whole package right because it was disappointing. And it took away from Krishna and Bonavazia, who perhaps are the most dynamic attacking duo in the competition at the moment. Absolutely. So there you go. Hey, um, look, we're going to do the UK scene, um, you know, after the next break. But uh, Marcus from South Melbourne uh, just wants to do a bit of an entree to the uh, UK scene. G'day, Marcus, and welcome to the show. How are you? It's uh, Rodriguez McGregor, remember? <laughs> That's <laughs> right. My apologies, uh, Rodrigo. Rodriguez McGregor. You want to talk about uh, Jose? Jose, uh, just quickly on the Arsenal match, if I may, and mm. I'll be very quick. Uh, my mother-in-law in Ireland, who's in her 70s and is beginning to forget things, heard that Arsenal was playing in Australia and was did actually ask if our Liam Brady is going to be in the middle again. <laughs> <laughs> she seems to think he played for them forever. Um, just on Jose Mourinho, and I'll make it a quick question. I was in the camp of keeping him at the club and not playing all the high-played players if they're out of form. But now I'm beginning to think that if they fail in Europe, that might be the death knell for him. Just to talk to that. That's all. Yeah, well, look, Marcus, I think the um, the, the stories out of the UK are that Roma Abramovich has quietly had a word to Jose and said, look, we've stuck by you long enough, but and with with the loss to Bournemouth on the weekend, if you lose tomorrow, don't get us through, because all they need is a draw against Porto. Uh, if you don't get the draw and we don't qualify, you're going to be moved on. And I've got to say, there are people now in the media who... Uh, are actually questioning uh, Roman Abramovich about whether they've had him, they've kept him for too, too long. long. And I, I think Abramovich has actually done the right thing. The guy's one of the best three or four coaches in the world, and over the last 10 years he's been that, that coach. And you give the guys like that a chance. I know you shouldn't say these things because they're being taped. They ain't improving in the Premier League this season. They're done. Yep. There's no... There's no great run in Chelsea even to finish top four. The way they played against Bournemouth, there ain't no magic around the corner as far as this team's concerned for this this season. And so as such, if they don't qualify for Europe, I would say that it's the perfect time to let him go because they're not improving. Is it just me or was born with... just wear, all wearing their keeper strips. <laughs> <laughs> that red strip that they wear yeah. is very good. I actually like it. There you go. Um, Vinny, good, good, to hear, good to hear you uh, pep up then because Ooh. you've been on Twitter all night. Ooh. and um, But we're going to go to Europe now and catch up with Vinny Venezuela's Do I Love This Game segment. The romance, the drama, the controversy, the emotions. It's sudden death. There's only one winner. Love is a many splendid thing. It's Vinny Venezuela's G I Love This Game segment. Yes, Vinny Venezuela, you know, we've got a, a lot of listeners just looking forward to your golden morsels. Golden in, morsels. Information in relation to... Few and far between, the, Rodrigo. The European section. I know you've been uh, 
all across Twitter, but uh, what's happening in Europe? Uh, look, uh, Geld1, a.k.a. CR7, a.k.a. Cristiano, scored four goals in what was a pretty bad day at the office for Malmo in the Champions League. <laughs> Eight-zip defeat. Kareem Benzema also scored three, and we all know how he likes to go celebrate. <laughs> but there will be no tapes. Yeah, it'll be a video around. night? No video nights, no. nothing. We'll just leave the, the mobile phones... At mm. the at the hotel lobby, so that was very exciting. Interestingly, apparently, um, it's the third time Cristiano scored from a thir- from a set piece yep. in about ninety seven attempts. Is that right? He hasn't had that as much oh, luck okay. lately with his set piece action. Mm. So I thought that was interesting and worth uh, telling the fans out I, there. I, I sort of visualise his stance. You know, the, he, yeah. he sort of created that stance, like that statue stance, and and he and he actually was a guy that used to hit it off the off a funny part of his foot, so the ball would go in all sorts of directions. So he hasn't had much luck with that. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's that's because uh, you know there's a Guardian. whole generation of young kids who have copied that. And the stance is working a treat. People yeah. are taking photos, <laughs> <laughs> and he knows that, and he yeah. knows that. Yes, yeah. yeah. but. Uh, after the stance, it hasn't been. No. He's, been he's still scoring goals. Jeez, he's, he's scoring he is, for fun. He is mm. very, very good. Mm. And I mean, he knows it. How many? So, how many minutes were those goals scored in tonight? It was like twelve. Minutes. Yes, oh, it's yeah. the quickest yeah. hat trick in ACL history mm. or UC, mm. well, whatever UCL. UCL because <laughs> it's in Europe. Whatever. Yeah. Yep. Whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah I, it's the continent, so <laughs> I don't care. Another interesting story uh, out there was that uh, the Augsburg keeper uh, Marwin hits. Or heights. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you say his name. Anyway, he was billed 122 euros, which is probably about 150 Aussie mm. dollars mm. Uh, for record by 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 the Cologne. He played at Cologne. Augsburg played Cologne, and there was a penalty, in it, and he rubbed the penalty spot. Oh yes, I saw and him, yeah. uh, it it. He, uh, the, the player for Cologne who took the penalty, stuffed it up. Yeah, and so Cologne sent him the bill for 122. Uh, Euros. What was it bill for? What the, the damage, the damage to, the, to the ground? To the, to the ground. <laughs> yeah, but so, apparently he apologised later. I'm surprised there was no action by the German authorities. That's right. Mm. He 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 apologised, and then they um, Augsburg sent a lawnmower to to Cologne. <laughs> Just d- in good yeah. fun. He dug a little hole near the penalty spot, didn't mm. he? And then the, but it was it was really interesting because. You know, he was trying to. He's got the referee's attention. Of course, the referee's looking at him talking. In the meantime, this guy's sort of digging away yeah. at the penalty spot. So, uh, you know. Yeah. And uh, finally, um, man who can, aka Zlats, aka Zlatan Ibrahimovic, aka Ibra. He's uh, he's done it again. He's uh, scored uh, uh, another goal for PSG that puts him in the all-time highest PSG goal scorers. Uh, at Champions League level, he's also earlier in the uh, last week he scored a goal in in the home round, putting him in in PSG's all time highest goal scorer. And you know what he said to the the French media? Le zip. <laughs> he's not talking to the French media. Oh, oh right. It was le sounds of silence yeah. <laughs> from Zlats. He doesn't care for them yeah. because they've been bagging him. Oh. Yeah. So he, he's he's. He's done his metaphorical walkout mm. on the media, and he's just uh, imposed a, mm. a a media ban on on French media. He's talking to the the Swedish media yep. and the Italian media, yep. but diddly squat. Does he the, understand the that there's internet these days? When he talks to the Italian media, that it gets reported in France. It goes. He, yeah. he doesn't care though. He he's not, care, not yeah. taking. Yeah. They're not getting direct quotes from him. Yeah. My my it tip, hurts, Carlos. My tip, Vinny, is that that le zip. Will be zipped, <laughs> unzipped very, very unzipped. soon. Unzipped very soon. Because wow. he can't help himself. Wow, he's got to. He's got to actually talk. Him Benzema. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, Vinny Venezuela.
nice treat as well. Hey, um, let's take a break now and come back with uh, more of your text messages and uh, the UK scene right after this on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Manchester United boss Alex Ferguson once said, When Italians tell me it's pasta, I check under the sauce to make sure it is. They're the masters of the smoke screen. They come out with the English are so strong, we're terrible in the air, we can't do this, we can't do that. Then they beat you 3-0. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diegos. It's On 11.16 SEN, the Four Diegos. And coming up after the Diegos, it's All Night Appetite with uh, Benny Jones. Looking forward to that. Vinny Venezuela, you're in Twitter Central. Yes, uh, this is uh, from the FFA. David Gallup uh, has come out of the meeting and uh, he said the following. There, there were a broad range of discussions tonight. There was a good understanding about each other's positions. Um, he then went on to say, this review will give us a chance to take a look at the overall match day experience. There were some strong feelings. We've made some changes to the process, but maintained the integrity of the process. And finally, went on to say, we talked about the circumstances around the last two weeks. I made it clear that I'm ambitious and confident about the game's future. All I can say is that I'm hopeful the fans will be back this weekend, but I don't know that he can guarantee it. Hmm. There you go. Thank you very much there, Vinny Venezuela, at Fort Diego's is the Twitter handle. Please uh, check us out. I'd be uh, very disappointed. Very disappointed the fans went out again, uh, given that they've had their say. I mean, this wasn't, wasn't a short meeting. Uh, I think they said it went for five hours or yep. so. So I reckon everything would have been addressed. Uh, and now it's time to work together. Especially, it's going to be a belter of a game. Wanderers yeah. versus Melbourne Victory um, in Parramatta this weekend. First against second. So let's hope that stadium is packed. Uh, well, Melbourne Victory supporters yeah. probably wouldn't. But uh, but no, just for the pure spectacle of uh, of, of that game, it, it would be outstanding if if uh, you know that game day experience yeah. was was like it has been. But it's time to work together now. Mm. Uh, it's it, it's not going to happen. Obviously, there's going to be accusations. It's all talk. It's all talk. We've heard it all before. All that sort of stuff. Well. Start working together now. You've got a point of uh, commencement. Start working together now. I know I've been copying a bit on the you SMS. You Carlos. Uh, so just off the uh, yeah. bull, bull dust, Carlos. Mm, uh, strong words. One texter says, no fans, no football. Yeah. At least the fans um, you know, have argued against the ineptus of uh, yeah. uh, Gallup and uh, Damien to demand their sacking. But they, so. can, they can demand their sacking, but the day the FFA listen to the fans and sack one of their own because the fans demand it, is the day I walk out. <laughs> I'll do my walk out. And it won't be silent either. Because, you know, if you can, we can all demand sackings. But if the FFA act on that... Will you do it at the 30-minute mark? And Simon Hill will say, ooh, look at uh, I know. Carlos. Who's that guy leaving? Who's that guy leaving now? Yeah. Oh, it's Carlos. And there were other... And, and it's not like no one... And I know that the crowds were well down. But it's not like no one turned up to the mm. game. There were still people, mm. as far as I'm aware, I watched yep. the television, there were still people who went. Yep. So they are representing a group of people that support in a certain way, but they're not inclusive of everyone who goes and watches the game. And that's the other thing that needs to be kept in mind. Let's go to Twitter Central. Yes, yeah, so the other thing that has also sort of popped up uh, that David Gallup said is where the opportunity exists... We will give the band 198 a chance to view the evidence. Great. Absolutely. Look, I want those support. I want the active supporters back in full voice because they do add something very special to the to the game, and 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 the atmosphere of that game, you know, is very very different when they're not there. So let's hope they've had a good 
hearing tonight. But, and let's no, hope... but there is no reason why they can't turn up this week. No, no, they've got to turn up. I'm, they've I'm, got to turn. If they don't turn up this week, I'm, I'm hoping they're they going to lose support. They'll lose support. All right, boys. Um, boys, all these support groups are fully paid up members. The FFA and clubs already have their money. Uh, there's no dollars to lose for the uh, to the clubs. Have we all missed this, Chris? No, no. I would have thought. No, no. They buy a hot dog each. I would have thought there's catering arrangements. You you know about cans of Coke. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, they're they're vitally important, and they'll under cater if the crowds are smaller. Big, big uh, line in the profit and loss statement: Coke and hot dogs. And of course, if anyone at Coca-Cola would like to sponsor (laughs) Warren as part of the Diego's team, just call. Because I'm a person that lives that product. Absolutely. (laughs) Hey, see Peter in uh, Cheltenham, CEOs at the FFA, uh, O'Neill, two times Buckley. Gallop, any chance of a football person who knows the culture and embraces the way the fans behave getting a gig I, at the FFA? I've got two, I've got, I've got probably two thoughts about that. You don't need the best administrators in the world are people that are looking out for the game. You don't necessarily need to have a history in the game. And let's face it, the lot of a CEO in sports administration in Australia is the lot of a merry-go-round where people go from one sport to another sport to another sport. As long as they're operating in the best interest, I don't have. Are you happy with, with David Gelb's performance in that uh, in the the, the really uh, soft press conference? It last lacked Tuesday? passion, Carlos. Absolutely. I would say it now, doesn't mean he doesn't love the game. It doesn't, but he needed to show it more overtly than what he did. I I, I I don't think anyone who cared for the game wouldn't have been outraged with his responses to that, and he wasn't outraged. I think that was a big problem. Yeah, and I I think that, but if you look at him, he's been a fairly he's been very similar in his manner, even when he handled the Melbourne Storm controversy as the CEO for the. Well, he was penalising a club, a Melbourne yeah, a club. Yeah, bit different. But You're I mean, right. if he's defending the sport. Would he have defended you? You know NRL better than me. Oh, I probably would he have, have defended it yeah, with a lot more aggro? Right. I than... reckon he mailed. Okay, well that's not good enough. Then. No, it's not. No, yeah. you're right. Interesting. Hey, uh, Aaron in Werribee. I don't mind Rebecca Wilson, but when she makes a mistake, it's a massive one. But it certainly amped up the fans, though. So this is in uh, response to our uh, lukewarm topic tonight. Uh, <laughs> I think the FFA would have learnt one thing. If this happens again, they'll come up most strongly defending that game. That's one thing we've learnt. I don't think anyone would be lame in their response to anything like that in the future. Absolutely. Hey, um, Warren, just uh, just a question I've got here, and it was in my Q&A, but I didn't ask Mm, it. Manchester United were kicked out of the Champions League uh, when they played Wolfsburg. You know why they were kicked out? Why? Because they're not much good, (laughs) and they're boring. And what are the repercussions, though? The repercussions are if (laughs) Louis van Gaal is measuring himself against the team that he had last season and saying they've improved... Well, he's working off a very, very low base by his own standards. But they won't. They are boring. They don't score enough goals. He hasn't recruited. His recruiting record at Manchester United so far probably mirrors the lot of Brendan Rodgers at Liverpool, which some would say was fairly average. They've got real problems, and if and if they don't put him under the same scrutiny, not different scrutiny. They need to put him under the same scrutiny that they put David Moyes under. And if they did that realistically, they would understand that they should be thinking about alternatives. But Warren, notwithstanding the Champions League money that they're not going to get, which Mm. obviously is going to hurt the club, they're not going to be happy about that. If they finish higher than where they were last year, which is what Van Gaal is saying, He's doing okay. And he's sort of saying, look, I'm not happy either, but look at uh, the results and how we're travelling at the moment and you've got to look at the big picture. So Results, Finney, they went about 450 minutes without scoring a goal. 
Yeah, they've, they, they've drawn. They they've drawn. But at the end of the day, if they they end up higher. They oh. end up higher, don't they? You know what? If you're talking about a team that marks itself as being mediocre most of the time, they're probably doing better. But if you're marking yourself as Manchester United, and I would, and I got the sense that Manchester United felt that in getting Louis Van Gaal, they were getting the guy that was going to relive. Sir Alex Ferguson, they're not going no, to no, at this what moment. What they tried to do was get another guy who was the biggest ego in the change room because Fergie was. didn't matter who they have in, had in that squad. Even when Ronaldo was there, when Ryan, he was always the boss. David Moyes, they toyed with him, the players. And Gal, Van Gaal has got that demeanour. Yeah, but the problem is the players uh, become introverted under his style of football because it's so suffocating. And when I say suffocating, they still have a lot of the ball. They still attack, but they're impotent. When yeah. they go forward. They're, they're and, too slow going forward, yeah, And he's Carlos. not getting the best out of the players. Now, they won't sack him. No. They won't sack him. They'll give him the rest of this season, probably and money, next season. probably. Yeah, and they'll probably... Look, they will... He's the guy they're going to invest in. Uh, it's his transition period. I agree with Vinny. If, if, he was, if he had them down where Chelsea is right now, I think there'd be a lot of faith lost. But because they still... You know, there's still a chance to win the Premier League... And uh, and you know if they win the if they win the Europa League too, by the way, that that will still be seen as um, a good result too. God, they're boring. Mm. They yeah. are boring. <laughs> they're three points off uh, top spot, even though it's before Christmas. But uh, they're only three points ahead of Liverpool. So there you, there you go. go. Well, there you go. Just uh, work Liverpool very nicely into that. Hey, um, <laughs> let's go to John in Mooney Ponds and uh, wants to wants to have probably the final say tonight about the uh, fans' walkout. G'day, John. Welcome to the Four Diego's. Uh, good evening, guys. How are you? Good evening good, to mate. you. I, look, I listen to you, Carlos, every uh, Wednesday, and I listen to you. I try and listen if I'm still awake on uh, Wednesday night. <laughs> we good try work, and do it. Well, John, good we, on you, mate. We try and do the show if we're still awake. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I'm, I'm kind of split 50 50 regards whether, you know, enough is enough with walkout. But there's been plenty of promises previously um, which haven't been kept. And I just I think it's now that you know we can call them active, and I've heard you guys have a laugh about it before. But it wasn't just the active supporters that didn't show up this weekend. Um, I don't believe that in the the red and black blocks that there's six thousand people. There's only nine thousand people. They're getting sixteen, fifteen, seventeen thousand. There's four and a half at Central Coast. I don't believe behind the goals there's two, three thousand people. So. There's been your average fans as well that have walked uh, that haven't turned up for you know there might be a number of reasons but I just find it a bit more a bit of a coincidence that, that generally there was lack of fans at the games not just your so-called active fans but in in general and I just think you know the demanding to get rid of Damien the Bowen and I think yeah that's a bit rich but you know what I think it's you know they need to and the respect that they deserve, or uh, we deserve as, as, as fans. Um, John, but, John, yeah. can I just jump in? Mate, it, I understand everything you're saying, mate, and two weeks ago, I, you know, I advocated for the fans and, and the disgraceful articles are out there. I mean, if you listen on the Wednesday, you know how hard I went at some of the writers of those articles. But the point is they've had their hearing with FFA now, and... They're walking out, and uh, from what Gallup has said, there's at least some sort of understanding as a starting point. Obviously, everything has to be put in, the words have to be put into actions, and there's got to be some good faith here. So 
the fans should go back to the games. Uh, whoever's not going because of these walkouts should go back to the games and then make FFA accountable along the way rather than not go back to the games until they get everything their own way because that could take time. That's all. Absolutely. Thanks for your call, John. Really appreciate your thoughts. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with the final moments of the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. At Collingwood Football Club training, we were given a choice. We could either run around the field three times or around President Eddie Maguire's head once. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diego. Benny Jones is in next with All Night Appetite after midnight. Hey, uh, Carlos, you crossed the line there. Don't put the magpies down already. I don't care if it's true. Thanks, Aaron. Don't blame me. That was Eduardo Diego, not me. Yeah, Eduardo Diego. Hey, um, boys, just quickly, Wanderers versus Melbourne victory. Will victory win in Western Sydney? On the flat ground. And with, a with, a proper, with a proper strips of where you can see each other, I think no problem. Yep. No. It's time. They, they, yeah, they always bounce back. No. And what about uh, Warren, Melbourne City, go to Newcastle and take on the Jets? Is Newcastle? Yes. Game. yes, it is. Yes. Three times five equals 15. <laughs> <laughs> you are very, very confident about uh, Melbourne City. Hey, boys, that's it. We'll be back next Wednesday. So this is not the last year. It goes no, before Christmas. Next week we'll be. So remember, Carlos. We're Puerto Rican girls. Hang out. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba and la bamba. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls on their feet. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Four Diego. Olé. Olé.